0: Our scripture in this morning comes to us from Hebrews the fourth chapter verses 14 through 16 now for the past several weeks we've been doing a series together called once and for all and we've been reading through the book of Hebrews together um, the first week we talked about this distance that we feel from God um, uh, through throughout our lives um, how it seems as we go through life, God seems to, to drift further and further away from us. And then uh, the next week we talked about how that distance is a, um, is a result of sin. That sin uh, comes between us and God. But we also talked about how, um, how God through his provenient grace has put a sense of restlessness in our hearts. So that we begin searching for him. And so uh, so we've been talking about different places that you and I might begin our search when we're feeling restless last week we talked about searching the scriptures we talked about how uh, the Bible is a place that God is faithful to encounter us and so this morning we're going to talk about prayer and uh, what it means to uh, encounter God in prayer and to search for God in prayer. So Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 16. Hear now the work of our Lord. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who is ascending into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Isn't that a beautiful verse of Scripture? Every time I hear that verse of Scripture, I think of Pastor Charlie. Pastor Charlie was one of the first pastors I worked for. He was an officer in the military before going into ministry, and he, he sported a buzz cut. He was firm and demanding, and he had high expectations. But he was a very kind man. Charlie was an excellent prayer. I mean, he was he was good at praying. Uh, when Charlie prayed, uh, he just always seemed to have the right words. On Sunday mornings, uh, he would always begin prayer time by saying, let us approach the throne of grace together this morning. Now, at the time, I didn't know that that phrase was throne of grace from Hebrews. I just thought it was something that Charlie said. Then, He would kneel at the altar with a little difficulty and others would go down to the altar and they would kneel with him then Charlie would begin his prayer Almighty God when Charlie said Almighty God in his rich southern baritone you could feel it in your bones and then he would say everything that needed to be said that morning He would sum it all up somehow in a way that only Charlie could. And we would end with the Lord's Prayer. Now, Pastor Charlie took me under his wing when I worked for him as a youth pastor. He gave me opportunities to preach. He took me along with him when he made visits. And he included me in decision making so I could learn about leadership. Charlie saw something in me that I wasn't yet ready to see in myself. He rubbed off on me in a lot of ways, except except for his ability to pray. I never quite got the hang of that. I'm ashamed to admit it as a pastor, but I've never been a great prayer, I mean out loud. I've always felt clumsy and awkward as I approached the throne of grace, definitely not confident. Sometimes I I feel deeply unspiritual when I hear others pray so eloquently and effortlessly. I often get nervous and stumble over my words and worry about what to say next. And When I pause, it feels like it takes me forever to come up with the words. I know it sounds crazy coming from pastor, but praying out loud causes me anxiety. I worry about forgetting the names of the people I'm praying for, or forgetting one of the lines to the Lord's Prayer. I worry about accidentally saying something that does more harm than good, especially when I'm praying with the sick or those who are grieving. Part of it, I think, is that I don't like the sound of my voice. I've always hated my voice, how nasally it sounds. On the phone I frequently get mistaken for a chain-smoking grandmother. Frankly, I don't know how y'all can stand it week after week. Also, as a kid I had a speech impediment and I still occasionally have trouble with my D's and my T sounds. And I have trouble with stuttering. <laughs> God called me to preach. I'm never, I'm never more aware of my voice than when I'm praying out loud. There's something about the silence and having my eyes closed that makes me feel alone, trapped in a closet with my own voice. And it's hard not to feel self-conscious when I know everybody else in the room has their eyes closed too and they're focusing on my voice as well. And I think that causes me to get flustered, throws me off my game. Often, I feel a sense of relief on Communion Sunday because I know all the prayers are in the book of worship and I just have to read them out loud instead of having to pray extemporaneously. Still, I do pray out loud because I believe it's important. When I do, I think of how Pastor Charlie used to lead us all to the throne room of grace Sunday after Sunday. And I give it the old college try. But it's not my gifting when I approach the throne of grace, it's with more clumsiness and confidence. Now, I'm not saying all of this so that you'll feel sorry for me or that you'll grade my prayers on a curve. I'm sharing because I'm willing to bet I'm not the only person who has ever felt awkward praying. In fact, I'm willing to bet most of us approach the throne of grace clumsily and awkwardly if we approach it at all. Now I know many of you are prayer warriors who pray as easily as breathing. And your intercession has done mighty things in the life and ministry of our church. Keep it up, we need you. But, given how few volunteers I have after meetings or Bible studies, I can't help but think that most of you share my awkwardness praying out loud. And for many of us, that awkwardness follows us home. I wonder if you feel just as clumsy and awkward praying in the silence of your own room. Perhaps you kneel and close your eyes to pray and doubt begins to creep in. For some people, it's the doubt that says, no one is listening. You feel like you're just talking to yourself but for others the doubt says no one is listening to you it's not that you doubt God's existence or anything it's just that you doubt that he has the time for your problems after all there are Christians being persecuted in China there are children starving in Africa people right now are dying needlessly in India what does God care about your frustration with Debbie and accounting Couple that with a sense of guilt or unworthiness. Who are you to pray? After all the things you've done, why would God listen to you? Even if you believe God is up there listening, there's still awkwardness, isn't there? See, maybe you were taught that the best way to pray is to pray silently. But when you pray silently, your mind wanders. You're trying to talk to God, but you wind up thinking about your grocery list or what you have to do tomorrow or which Avenger would win in a hot dog eating contest? Thor. Or maybe you were taught to pray out loud, kneeling at your bag, and you just can't seem to find the words the way Grandma and Grandpa did. By comparison to the poetry of their prayers, yours sound rough and disjointed, like a second Gregor's essay. I'm willing to bet that most of us know that we should approach the throne of grace with confidence but we approach it with clumsiness instead if we approach it at all. Several years ago during my quiet time I read a book called The Little Flowers of St. Francis. It's from the 14th century and it tells the story of St. Francis and his followers. I was particularly struck by the story of a man named brother maceo see during the first days of the franciscan movement saint francis surrounded himself with disciples who were eager to learn from him and imitate his lifestyle of simplicity one of these was a man named brother maceo one day saint francis preached on the virtue of humility maceo was so convicted that he resolved to forsake all other pursuits and seek only after humility, Brother Maceo went back into his cell and for days on end he fasted and prayed, laying into the night, begging God to send him to hell for his sins. When that didn't seem to work, he began to whip himself to show God how sorry he was. All of this was in an effort to cultivate humility. He continued like this for weeks, crying and whipping himself in his prayers. Finally, one day he wandered out into the woods in despair. There he was startled by a voice from heaven. Maceo, Maceo, said the voice. Brother Maceo knew that the voice was Jesus. He called out, My Lord! Maceo, said Jesus, what will you give me in exchange for the humility you seek? Brother Maseo called back, I would give you my very eyes for humility. Then Christ called, But I do not want your eyes. Keep them and have my grace as well. From that moment on, Brother Maseo was filled with true humility and unspeakable joy. See, one of the hardest things for us to accept as Christians is that Jesus doesn't want anything from us but us. In prayer, Jesus doesn't want poetry and eloquence. He doesn't want tears and self flagellation. He doesn't want a bunch of promises or sacrifices in exchange for his favors. He doesn't want our eyes. He wants our hearts. He wants our presence. He wants us. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Our passage this morning tells us that God's throne is one where grace and mercy are received. It is a place of love and welcome where our needs are met. We can enter with confidence because we are loved. We don't have to feel clumsy and awkward but we do don't you think Jesus own disciples felt clumsy and awkward when praying see I imagine that when the disciples heard Jesus pray they must have been knocked over by how confident and eloquent he was See, when Jesus prayed things happened the blind saw the lame walked his prayers have power One day, Jesus' disciples work up the courage to ask him how they can pray like he does. Jesus just smiles and says, First, don't pray like an actor on a stage. Prayer isn't a performance. Find a quiet place and pray to God like you would to a loving father. Second, don't go on and on babbling like pagans trying to impress God with your big fancy words. Your father knows what you need before you even ask him then Jesus said this is how you should pray I know you know it maybe you could join me our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See? You can pray. Jesus instructs his disciples to pray quietly and simply. Approaching God as a loving Father because that's exactly what God is. God is our Heavenly Father who sits upon a throne of grace wanting to help us in our time of need. God doesn't need our dramatic performances or our fancy words. He doesn't want our eyes. He wants our hearts. He wants us. This is exactly how Jesus prayed in his own life, isn't it? Jesus didn't pray as a performance for others. I mean, sometimes he prayed out loud and he glorified God, but he never did it to draw attention to himself. More often we're told that Jesus went off to a quiet place to pray alone. It's almost comical. In the Gospels, the disciples are constantly looking for Jesus, only to discover him out in the wilderness or on a mountaintop praying alone. If they'd ever talk to his mother Mary they'd know that this was a pattern with him running off to spend time with this Heavenly Father. Wouldn't you like to know what was said in those prayers? Wouldn't you love to know what words were exchanged between Father and Son in those moments? We do get one example of Jesus' private prayers, don't we? It was the night before he was crucified. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus and his disciples have just had their last supper together. And they go out into the garden and he tells them to wait while he prays. He says, I'm overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And Jesus finds a quiet spot and he falls on his knees. He looks up to heaven and he says, Father, if you want Don't make me drink this cup, but not what I want, what you want. Now, I'll be real. That's not the most amazingly eloquent prayer I've ever heard. It's short and choppy, but boy is it honest. Jesus approaches the throne of grace in his hour of deepest need with the bluntness of a child. doesn't hold back. Then we're told he is ministered to by the angels. Now I don't know what that means in prayer terms. Like I don't know if winged creatures literally came down and fixed him up. Maybe. But I think what happened is that that Jesus received a supernatural comfort that can only be experienced in prayer. He received mercy and grace to help him in his time of need. Have you ever thought about just how amazing it is that when we pray to Jesus, we're praying to someone who has prayed before? We can approach the throne of grace with confidence because in Jesus Christ, we have a God who experienced the fullness of humanity. He has been where we are, on his knees, looking for the right words in the midst of trouble. Who better to approach in our own time of need? In William Blake's poem, To God, he writes, If you have formed a circle to go into, go into it yourself and see how you would do. And according to the author of Hebrews, that's exactly what God did. God entered into that circle called life here on earth and saw exactly how he would do. But God wasn't playing at being human. He was fully human in every way. He experienced everything we experience. And that, according to Hebrews, is what makes him the perfect prayer partner. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Isn't that wonderful? pray to a God who has experienced temptation and trial, who knows loneliness and fear, who has wept with grief, who has felt hunger in his belly, who has known need. We pray to a God who has felt the warmth of the sun on his back in the morning, caught and cleaned the fish in the afternoon has ate and drank and told stories with his friends in the evening and every night he would bow his head and close his eyes and tell his heavenly father all of it and now now he is up there receiving our prayers we pray to the god who prayed isn't that an amazing thought that the one who sits on the throne of grace has himself said grace. So now we can approach this throne of grace with confidence. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. See, ultimately, prayer is not about us, it's not about our words and our eloquence, it's not about our promises and sacrifices, it is all about who God is. A merciful and loving father a son who has walked where we have walked a spirit who generously gives us the words to say God is a king who sits upon a throne of grace who promises to meet us in our hour of need There's an old Hebrew hymn from the 9th century that was recently translated into English. The hymn describes the seeing in the throne room of God. God is speaking to his angels and telling them about how he created them to bear his glory. It's called Each Day. It goes like this Each day as dawn approaches. The king sits in majesty and blesses the holy creatures to you my creatures i speak before you i declare creatures who bear the throne of my glory with all your heart and willingly with your soul blessed is the hour of your creation and exalted is the constellation beneath which i gave you form May the light of that morning continue to shine when you came into my mind. For you are a vessel of my desire, prepared and perfected on that day. Be silent, creatures of my making, so I might hear my children pray. Isn't that beautiful? God says to his angels, you are my most glorious creatures. Now, be quiet so I can hear my children pray. Maybe like me, you can't stand the sound of your voice. But the God who is surrounded by the singing of angels longs to hear your voice. Maybe you have trouble finding the right words. But the God who spoke the universe into being doesn't need your words. He wants your heart. Maybe you feel unworthy of God's attention. But he calls you his precious child. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us. In our time of need so now that's exactly what we're going to do we're going to end our time here together in prayer I want to invite you to pray with confidence this morning forget anyone who may be around you forget about being elegant and poetic just speak to God simply as a child to a father in a second I'm going to begin our prayer and after I start the prayer it'll be a time of silence for you to pray then we will end together with the Lord's Prayer remember prayer is not about who we are it's about who God is now let us go before the throne of grace this morning Almighty God we come to you this morning as your beloved children we come with confidence this morning before your throne of grace we come because you have made the way for us to come through your son Jesus Christ Father, we thank you that you have extended your love to us and have called us your children. We thank you that in your Son, Jesus Christ, we have a a God who has prayed before, a God who has walked what we have walked, who has felt pain, And sorrow and need so this morning with confidence we can bring to you our pain and our sorrow and our need we can receive your will we can receive your mercy we can receive your command to go into the world and do and be what you have called us to do and be. Lord, this morning we come to you before your throne of grace as your beloved children. Now hear our prayer. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.